On today's show, we have Howard of Ancient Eight. We're going to discuss details about the project, funding team, along with any plans on the roadmap. Ancient Eight is Vietnam's largest blockchain gaming guild. Ancient Eight aims to create a decentralized autonomous organization that develops a platform to enable everyone to play and build the metaverse while earning rewards. Howard, thank you for joining us today. Why don't you start with what prompted the start of Ancient Eight? Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me on the show. In 2021, we see this giant opportunity brewing in the Southeast Asia market where people you know, are still recovering from their pandemics and still getting used to the new normal life. And thousands and millions of people have lost their job because of COVID. We also see GameFi ecosystem really actively growing with Axie Infinity, growing their user count to millions of users and followers. Obviously, they didn't have that many users, but we joined the force of Axie Infinity and started a local guild in Vietnam, with the main purpose is one, to test out and experiment with GameFi and play to earn games. And also, at the same time, help some of our brothers and sisters in Vietnam who has lost their job, don't have anything to do at home, and cannot also go to a public gathering space to look for a job. Right, to find a new job in terms of play during games where they can just log in from the computer at home and earn a quite significant income for the local income of Vietnamese population, where you know the average monthly income there is only $250 a month. That's kind of how we started. That's awesome. That's awesome. At the highest level, you know, for those that may not be as familiar, what is the purpose of a gaming guild? Yeah. So we kind of look at GameFi as sort of this new playground for crypto. We think that's the biggest area, biggest new area that blockchain is going to enable, and it's going to grow significantly over the next few years with Axie Infinity as the sort of the pioneer in the space. But we're, we're extremely excited as we see thousands of games being developed over the last last half a year, and a lot of them are going to launch the product in the next year or two. We think this industry is really exploding. And the three major pillars in this entire GameFi ecosystem is games, gamers, and guilds. We see games as the one who produce all the great product, a fun experience, you know, for the players. And players obviously is the community, and it's the the community is really the core for Web3. And guild sort of is the middle layer, the sort of community and infrastructure layer to connect, educate, and really guide millions of scholars to get into the, the right game, understand the blockchain technology behind it, and really to educate these people about. GameFi and blockchain and how to enter the metaverse. So that's sort of where we see a guild fit into in this entire ecosystem. And that's why we thrive to, you know, build out the community and really be the connecting layer for games and gamers. And so you guys are currently uh, headquartered in Vietnam and do you serve the global as a whole? Definitely. Yeah. We're, we're headquartered in Vietnam in Ho Chi Minh City and we have teams in China, in the US and other places, quite global team. and. I would say majority of our scholars are based in Vietnam. We do have some of the other Southeast Asian countries also as part of the scholar families. And in terms of the game we play, it's truly global. Game we play and partner with, it's truly global. Do you see more of your scholars in that jurisdiction? Is that based on the services that you're offering or why is it that you're attracting that, that jurisdiction? Yeah, so there are a couple of reasons, I think. Well, number one, Vietnam is just a great country to start. It's the third largest Southeast Asian country with about 100 million population. 
with an average monthly income that's not particularly privileged, right? $250 a month. When you compare that to about 6,000 in the US and about 1,000 in the Philippines, you know, that's a humble number. And we really believe if we start in Vietnam, and we're currently by far the largest field in Vietnam. So if we start in Vietnam, we can really empower our scholars, both you know, for understanding the blockchain and financially to help them earn a much better living than their old job. $250 a month is the average monthly income. And we are able to help the scholars make anywhere from $200 to $400 a month as we get started. And you know, that's three to four times higher than their minimum wages in Vietnam. It's so interesting to see how the world is changing, huh? <laughs> I know, breaking down barriers. I know. How big is the team behind Ancient 8? Yeah, so we have we have thousands of scholars playing with us. And then in terms of the operation, marketing, product, core team, we have about 40 people in total. Got it. And uh, also, you want to mention what notable investors you guys have already currently raised money from? Yeah, we're, we're fortunate to have Dragonfly, Pantera, and Hashed as our lead investors for our seed round. We also have many other investors, including Mechanism, Coinbase Ventures, and Alameda Research, among others, joining the round for our seed. And what value do they bring to the project in regards to scaling it and bringing it to market? Yeah, I would say they, they each bring in different sort of expertise and knowledge. It really spans a few different areas. The first is you know navigating the entire crypto landscape and helping us regarding the the crypto native resources and collections and partner intros that we get through the entire ecosystem. They introduce us to a lot of the you know, leading edge, fascinating games where we can partner with and also other ecosystem players in the blockchain ecosystem. Secondly, really it's the guidance for building up an entire operation remotely. They've seen it and done that. And you know, we're definitely getting used to that, you know, in terms of being crypto native and also like just in this new ecosystem, right? That remote work culture and remote work organization and how to build an organization that will, that will be long-lasting uh, in the crypto world and become a pioneer in the entire crypto ecosystem. You mentioned long-lasting and you mentioned thousands of projects coming into the space over the last year. So how is it ultimately that you guys are a survivor and what is it that you're doing that is going to differentiate yourself from the competitors? Yeah. So I think team is always the number one thing. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunate to have a really great team with me both on the engineering and development side and on the operations and marketing side. It's just really important to talk to and work with a team that's in this for the long run. We've all been in crypto since 2017, and we've seen a cycle. And we know that inevitably, you know, a bear cycle is going to hit or adjustments going to hit. And we're here to build through that bear cycle and, you know, really building sort of the foundation for the future of GameFi. And that's what we aspire to do. So I think team is always number one. Number two is right now, like the guilds are actually all collaborating with each other quite a bit. You know, Guildfy also invests in us. We're good friends because we think like the industry is at a, such an early stage and we are all just want to make this entire industry much bigger and much more mature. And we think collaborating and working together is the best way to do that. I think that's number two. I agree. And when it comes to the team, is it you know, are you guys sourcing great talent? Is that hard to do? Or are you guys kind of bringing people on and training them as you go? Yeah, so it's it's different folks. We're fortunate to have a very strong funding team. My co-founders are very, very strong in terms of their local region, Vietnam. And we have, you know, Coin98, 312 Capital, Kairos Ventures, and Coin68. 
which are very influential in the local Vietnam market as incubation partners and advisors to us to really help with providing advice and sourcing talents. In terms of development, we have people who are crypto native developers, and also we are training our own Web2 developers into Web3. So, so it's, it's a mix. It's a mix, but people, I would say, the core focus. How important is it for a guild to be earlier capitalizing on new games? Yeah, it's quite important. And that's why we have talked to so many early stage projects. A lot of it is about, you know, I, I think in this ecosystem, you kind of see, you know, YGG and Axie Infinity, they kind of supported each other and make each other very successful. That's kind of what we see are going to happen in the next phase of GameFi is, you know, guilds as the marketing and community layer will really help the games to become successful. And it's it's up to us to sort of push the games forward or like accelerate their growth. So it's very important for us to get in touch with them early on and figure out like who we think are the team that are really serious and that are really capable of building the next generation of the top blockchain gaming guild, which we think might be more competitive, might be more fun, might be just you know naturally people want to play it for fun and then they can earn money from it at the same time. And we need to discover them from the early days and really make sure we supply them with the resources we have to help them become successful, which in turn will help us become more successful. What's some of the criteria to filter through those that you guys use? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I was actually a VC before myself. Uh, I spent about four years doing VC investing in both traditional you know, software and fintech and, and crypto. I think that the way for Guild to identify a good game is very similar to a VC. We look at the team as the number one indication factor, right? Are they committed? Do they have great experience to build this? Are they the right team to build this? Number two is their game and gameplay design. We have a five-people game review team to you know, really look at the games and review how good the game is in terms of gameplay and whether the tokenomics, economics, design makes sense to evaluate, hey, is this game going to be there in the long run? And third, we look at their historical traction in terms of you know, their social followers. Maybe some of the games already have active monthly users, like traction in that sense, as well as you know, the other social and project-related tractions that we can get our heads up. How sustainable do you think the inflationary model is that we're seeing in these play-to-earn games? I think it's really dependent on each game. Some of the games design pretty fascinating in-game economics, which will be like definitely much longer term. And some games, you know, we look at them and we try to avoid them. I think at the end of the day, the bottom line is, you know, if we think about gaming, it's a $150 billion business right now. If we have the future of crypto blockchain play to earn games, the games will be as fun, if not more fun than the traditional games. But also at the same time, the gamer can play the game and earn a reward. It's a no-brainer choice for the gamers to go with a blockchain play to earn games instead of the traditional game. So we think you know blockchain game might slowly or maybe rapidly replace the traditional game and is at least as big as 150 billion in terms of market cap. And we just want to jump in in the early days of it because it's still very, very early in the development. And we want to push to help that entire ecosystem develop. So is there any change in current tokenomics that you see in the market that you would change to have a better outcome in the future? I think a lot of games are busy developing or thinking through that. Yeah. We're, we're, we're seeing a lot of very interesting experiments, I would say, but I think it's, it's still a little bit too early to tell. <laughs> um, so you would say it's, it's still a little early, but everyone is uh, in the sandbox playing. 
yeah, we just see so many smart people that are much smarter than me trying to develop the game tokenomics, and I'm hopeful. Do you think a uh, traditional gaming company will come by and try to outcompete those that are starting up in crypto? And will they have an advantage because they already have a network of users? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we definitely see traditional game trying to come into the space, and I think I'm very excited about that because I think that's that's only going to make the entire space accelerate. Fundamentally, the the logic is slightly different, though. So, like in terms of when the traditional games come in to to compete, there is some work that's needed for them to adjust their mindset in terms of you know how do they design the games economics. Plagiarism games fundamental logic is how do we make sure the entire game is fun? That's number one. How the economy can be sustainable? That's two. And how our players can earn the most money, as much money as they can throughout playing the game. That's the three sort of foundation for a blockchain play during games. Whereas if you look at traditional game, I think that the foundations will be fun as well, but also how does the gaming company make the most money, which the incentives are completely different. So when when the traditional games company come into blockchain gaming space. We we're really excited to see the sort of in-game interaction and in-game asset quality, but at the same time, you know, we do see some of the gaming company need to spend more energy to understand the fundamental logic difference and adjust to that. Got it. And thoughts on the recent hate that gaming companies such as Ubisoft have received from gamers regarding their NFT initiatives? Yeah, we do see that. It's an interesting development, I will say, and I think you know. These kind of things happen a lot in the early stage of the industry, but if I had to bet, I'd bet on any industry that has a lot of these early stage chaos versus any industry that doesn't have anything, because an early early stage chaos is a great indicator for how fast this industry is going to grow in the next few years. That's true. So, how do we kind of change the perception of retail gamers that NFT might be bad? That's something we're working on a lot too. Is is just to introduce. A lot of people to blockchain, to crypto, to understand NFT more fully and understand, you know, what what they are really purchasing and understand what that purchase means and what does NFT mean and what's the fundamental value that's behind these assets. And I think with more people really understanding what what happens behind the scene and what happens on the blockchain, and, and that's our goal is to educate maybe the next 100 million people and bring them onto the blockchain. And we think GameFi is the perfect medium for that. And I think with that sort of education development, they will understand it more. Let's say out of the last five years, I haven't seen more hype than I think I ever have when it came, has come to the NFT market. That's for sure over the last year. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it was fascinating. So how do you think the uh, economy of games will evolve over the next few years? Yeah. Well, we're we're very hopeful. Uh, hopefully, in the next year or two, it's we already see such a you know enthusiastic early development in terms of games, and we see a lot of very strong, talented team going to the space. I think in the next six to twelve months, a lot of games will come out with their gameplay, and we are going to be partnering closely with them. You know, we primarily play you know Axie Infinity, Dayton Arena, and Cyball currently. Cyball is coming out with their games really soon, and we're we're getting ready for that. And we partner with you know tens of games in partnering with them and helping them develop the, the entire roadmap. We have an insider sort of like insight that a lot of these games are going to be really fun and really exciting. So I'm really excited to see what happens over the next six to twelve months because a lot of them are going to be become live.
how are they all going to kind of differentiate themselves and get market share from all the customers out there? Yeah. So I think we do see a lot of different flavors of games. The different gameplay is quite interesting. And I would really compare it to sort of the traditional industry, gaming industry as well. They, they are each targeting different sort of personas in the players and in terms of gameplay as well. This market is, is not going to be a... So gaming market is never sort of like a winner-takes-all market. It's always sort of very diverse. And you have different people with different tastes playing different games. And I think that's how it's going to happen with gameplay as well. But if you just look at you know, how many games that are playable today, we really think about playable games that, are, that has a sustainable economy. It's probably like somewhere between 5 to 10 games that are really, you know, most guilds spend their time on. And compare that with hundreds and thousands of games in the traditional gaming market. You know, we just have a lot more room to grow and we need to work harder to build that room. So can we walk through how the whole process works and the revenue model and like scholars, et cetera, like starting from at the beginning, you guys onboard scholars and what happens? Yeah, so when we recruit scholars, we reach out to them, they submit an application form and they fill out a survey slash test for us to understand, you know, their past experience and their commitment to blockchain games. We recruit those people who has played Axie Infinity or other blockchain games before, or people who are completely newbies and educate them if they're really interested in game and blockchain and want to dedicate to learn. And, you know, the, the goal is really to educate and bring more people onto the blockchain. I think that's sort of the whole mission of the entire blockchain industry at the current stage. And we are sort of like very aligned in terms of that vision. After they become our scholars, we have a four-tier system in our scholar slash army of players. Uh, it goes from soldier, which is the rank that when they first join, they are a soldier, up to a captain and up to a commander-in-chief and up to a general. We have you know about thousands of scholars that are managed by seven captains who actually were promoted from the first batch of soldiers. Like they were soldiers themselves and they really commit and they are really good at both playing games and managing other soldiers. And we promote them to become full-time employees of Engine 8 to manage each, manage a few hundred of scholars. Above them that we have commander-in-chief, which either were promoted from captain or hired as they were the top global leaders in terms of Axie players. We have, you know, PemPem and Tomo3, among a few others. PemPem was number one on Axie global leaderboard. And a few other players were all top 10 or top 20 global players on the Axie leaderboard to join both as a trainer for our scholars and as a manager for the entire guild. And we have our co-founder, William, who's the general in the army currently to manage the entire operations. The training process is carefully designed and orchestrated by the, the commander-in-chief. They are experienced content producer and gamer in blocking games themselves. They, PemPem and Tomo3, they both have their own YouTube channel to teach playthrough games. And they, they are creating proprietary content in terms of teaching and training our players internal of our guild. We have like streaming lessons. We have like a curriculum designed for them. And we have one-on-one lessons after that with the scholar. No, so there's no cost to apply. There's certain criteria that you guys look for, and then they get placed in certain tiers, correct? Exactly, exactly. And then after the placed in certain tiers, what happens from there? And you know, is there any cost to the user or player up front? There is no cost to the user or player up front. They apply for free, they play for free, and they earn the revenue share with us, with the guild. 
And the way we design our sort of revenue share with the scholar is to incentivize them to continue to learn with our guild and continue to grow within our guild. So the longer they stay and the better their skill become, which is determined by the Inaxi gaming uh, ranking, as well as the amount of SLP they're able to produce every day. And the longer they stay with the guild, the higher the revenue share they will get from playing the games. Is that based on the tier also? The higher the tier, the more revenue share? Yes. Yeah, it is. What's a pretty standard revenue share in the industry? Yeah, right now we see anywhere from 40% to 80%. Okay. And that's uh, shared with the, the scholar? Yes, yes. So that's the scholar share is 40 to 80%. And typically, what other ways do you guys facilitate the playing on behalf of the scholar? And do you guys buy certain assets and own them? Or are you guys leasing them? Yeah, we, we own the assets that we purchase from Axie, Dayton, and many other games. And we lease them out to the scholars. Well, we, we really don't lease them out. We just let the scholar use it <laughs> to earn the revenue. And we do the revenue share with them. Got it. And can you kind of maybe explain that a little bit? Give us an example of how that would work. Yeah, for sure. So Axie is probably the best example here. You know, Axie as a play game requires the player to purchase Axies, which is the in-game NFT, to be able, able to play the game. You typically require three Axies to be able to play the game. And we as a guild will make the upfront purchase of these axes and let our users or let our scholars use our axes to play the game and earn SLP through playing the game, which is another in-game token that can be exchanged for US dollar or fiat currency that they can use to spend. We will provide the training for the scholar to be good at the game and have them start playing using our axe. And at the end of every cycle, which is every two weeks, we will calculate how much they have earned and do a revenue share and send them the amount that they've earned um, with their with their work. Now, is there any risk uh, of the assets to you guys with the uh, players using them? We bear the risk of the assets, and we we have a research team that you know does research on different NFTs in different games in terms of how we manage our treasury and our balance sheet, and also how where we choose to invest, which games do we choose to invest in terms of the in-game NFTs, because we are really the expert in terms of like how to evaluate each game. And also what, what assets are we excited about and we think the game will really be sustainable. How do you, you know, from a security standpoint, manage all these different assets and lend them out in-game? Yeah. So in terms of Axie, I think games are also helping us with a lot of that extent. We do not need to worry a lot about, in terms of Axie standpoint, about the gamers stealing the assets because we will eventually own the wallet that owns the Axie Infinity in-game NFT. We can just provide the scholar with an account login and password where they can log into the game and use that wallet to play. So the user never really need to own the wallet and our scholars never need to own the wallet. So we eliminate that risk of, you know, fraud. Got it. So is there any plans to launch a token? Yeah. So we're, we're planning to launch our token in the next few months. And, you know, please definitely keep an eye out for the news announcement on that. Got it. And what role will the token play in the ecosystem? Yeah, so the token is, we're at DAO, and it's the governance token, and it will have a full claim into our entire treasury. And it will be used for staking, both for our protocol and also for some of the products that we're going to announce that we're going to come out with, which please also keep an eye out for that. We're really excited about the product that we use that you know primarily leverages our value prop as a community layer for the entire gameplay ecosystem. And what are your plans on the roadmap to expand farther to other Southeast Asian countries? 
Yeah, so we are already starting that a little bit. We have scholars from Philippines and from other Southeast Asia countries joining our guild just through our marketing in these countries. Additionally, we think the best way to really progress with that is we are already a dominant player in Vietnam. We're probably four to five times larger than the number two player in Vietnam. We want to continue to solidify that because it's a huge market, right? With a hundred million population. Building on top of that, we're really reaching out in terms of community and marketing power. It was our engineer community alliance to go beyond Vietnam and go into other Southeast Asia regions and you know partner with local community outlets and building out our own distribution channel there. When it comes to the roadmap in the next few years, is there any other things that you would like to disclose that you guys are working on or can disclose? Yeah, so I would say that you know we're developing a few very exciting blockchain and software products for the GameFi ecosystem, and we're basing that off of our strong and active community. You know, the product is going to be very related to the community. It's going to be announced in the in the next few months as well. So definitely, please keep an eye out for that. I appreciate that. And just to you know, as our final leave off. We kind of covered it, but for those investors that are actually listening here, what are some other things they should look at when it comes to underwriting all the different projects that are coming to the market? Yeah, um, I think I think you know definitely three things: is team, the product, and their traction, and how real that traction is, and how like interactive that traction or community it really is active or not. So I think those three are the are the most important indicators for a good crypto projects. And as we all know, there are many projects being developed and it's, it's really important to find out the best projects to partner with. All right, Howard. Well, I appreciate that. What is the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you or Ancient 8? Yeah, so the best way will be Twitter. Please kindly follow us on Twitter at Ancient8-GG. And my own Twitter is HowardX30. So that's the best way to follow us and looking forward to share more with our community. Right, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you.